Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the show. My name is Charlton with Big C. This is Charlton and Big C Sports. Coming to you worldwide on the Big C Sports Network, on the number one network in the United States of America, and Big C Sports has been voted the number one sports show in the universe, according to Big C, and them good old boys down south, I want to say Ben Benitos to all of our listeners in Latin America, also across the pond in London, England, as well as Paris, France, of course, you good old boys in Canada, you know we love you in Africa, the Big C tribe, but there's no one we love more than the good old boys down south in the land of the free and the home of the brave on a beautiful April 4th, 2019, Grando Deportes, Big C. How's it going for you good old boys down south? Well, Charlton, it's a beautiful day here in the south, Charlton, but it's also one of the most dark days in southern history. You know, this is 51 years ago today, Charlton, the, the late Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King was assassinated in Memphis. You know, a day that will live in infamy in African Americans, Charlton throughout our time in this country, a man who has fought so hard and valiantly, Charlton, to bring equality to this nation and its people, Charlton, yeah. was gone down senselessly, Charlton. I tell you what, everybody has a similar moment in life, and I hate when our leaders are more respected when they're gone than when they're here. Dr. King obviously did so much, not only for our country, but for, for people all over the world, and even for for us being, you know, men of color, doing a show that's heard all over the world, there were times when people just would not let you in. Dr. King did a lot, gave his life for people, and I hope it's appreciated by all cultures. I want to say today's show is sponsored by your Northern California Cadillac leaders, home of the all-new Cadillac Escalade, the standard of the world. And when you go by and test drive yours, tell them Charlton and Big C sent you. I, I think about the times that Dr. King was doing everything he could to make sure that everyone had freedom and liberty and justice for all people and you, when you think about what he had to go through people nowadays can complain about not getting a certain job or not getting a certain promotion or maybe they get passed over by someone else whose parent paid money for them to go to college and they got you know wouldn't didn't get the chance to get their champs enrolled in college but imagine waking up every day without having your, your, your rights and opportunities to do whatever you want to do in life. Not many people have to understand what he went through because they didn't have to go through it. So what made him so special? And being as special as he was, why was there so much resistance against him and people of color, your thoughts? Well, Charlton, the resistance against Dr. King still exists today, Charlton. When you think about the systemic outreach, Charlton, from society, how it tries to oppress people of color. Dr. King fought against that, Charlton, in, in, in every way that he could, Charlton. He fought for equality in, in every way, you know, and he had an insight, Charlton. As an eight-year-old, he watched Jackie Robinson cross the color barrier in, in baseball. Yeah. And he saw that blacks could be included in American society at that time, Charlton. And so through his education, 
and his understanding of politics, Charlton, he fought to provide that for others. He put himself on the front line, Charlton, to become a leader. Yeah. To have people follow. It, when you, if you'd ever met Dr. King, he was a small man in stature. He only stood five foot eight. Yeah. But he was a giant amongst men, Charlton, because of his heart and his character that he possessed. And he strived, Charlton, every day to make things better, not for himself, but for everybody around him. Yes. Because when you look at, at the valor and gallantry of a man, Charlton, it's what he stands for in a time of adversity, is that he does not cow down, Charlton. He stands firm yeah. in his beliefs. And Dr. King did that every day, Charlton, of his life. I, I think that even for mainstream, I think he's one of the greatest leaders that we've ever seen and mainstream has really embraced him maybe even as one of their own but i still call back to the days when jfk would not do anything to support the civil rights movement and it was only after his assassination that lyndon Baines johnson signed the voting right bill now when we think about what happened with with leadership all over this great country of ours the late billy graham i recall he helped get dr king out of jail one time because he was in prison for marching for equality. It's a shame that those two great gentlemen are no longer with us, but what was about Graham that came to the aid of Dr. King when even President Kennedy turned his back? Mixing your thoughts. Well, Charlton, because they were both religious and spiritual leaders, Charlton, they, they, they answered to one person, that one God that they answered to, Charlton. Yeah. They did not feel that man had the power over society, Charlton is that, you know, some men of power within society could not control everyone, and they should not speak for everyone, Charlton. Yep. And especially people who were speaking for equality and, and justice. That's what King stood for. Yeah. When you sit up and you see all of what he stood for, Charlton, we have a national holiday now signed by President Reagan that became a national holiday in 1996. Yes. To celebrate King's life, Charlton. But when you think about the memorial that he has on the National Mall in Washington, D.C., the things that he created, schools, Charlton, you know, that are named after him, monuments. But, you know, Charlton, a man should not have to lose his life to have these things to represent him. Yeah. You know, he lived a life of quality, Charlton. He lived a life to try to let others live better. That was his total fight in life, Charlton. Yep. And still that struggle goes on today. Yeah, it's still going. And there's typewriters all over the world when he was assassinated. And he had given that great speech about, I have a dream. And that dream speech is given, you know, all over the world. People with typewriters were going crazy when that happened. That Dr. King had been, unfortunately, his life came to an end. And as typewriters could be heard all over the world, I want to ask... You, I know Reagan signed that in, in 1983 and it later became you know, celebrated 86. But I want to get your thoughts on that seminal moment in history. Do you recall what you were doing as typewriters from all over the world were typing up about what had just happened tragically to the late Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.? What were you doing, Big C? Well, Charlton, you know, at, at that time, you know, I, I was a young man and understanding what the changes of the world were going on as we were fighting for you know, desegregation during that time of, of his assassination, Charlton, it was early spring, you know, and everybody was out enjoying themselves, and, and when the national news came on, Charlton, it, it wasn't like the news that we get instantaneously now. Yes. You didn't get it until the news came on at five thirty, six o'clock at night that this horrific event had happened, Charlton. Yes. 
and, and trying to gain an understanding of it. Because as black people, we were going through so much strife at that time in, in America. You know, you were always being oppressed regardless of whatever you tried to do. You were never looked at as an equal. Yeah. But everybody nationally knew who Dr. King was, Charlton. Yeah. And his stride to make equality for black people. Because, you know, the, the main thing that Dr. King talked about that not a, uh, not a lot of people will mention is one of his most favorite famous sayings, Charlton. What's that? The ultimate measure of a man is not where he stands in a moment of comfort and convenience, but where he stands when times of challenge and controversy. Yeah. That was Dr. King's mantra, Charlton. People don't want to say that. But when you look at black leaders today, Charlton, even black athletes yes. who have a stance against social equality, yeah. or even white female coaches, Charlton, who take a stance against social equality. Yeah. They're always meeting with backlash, Charlton, talking about why can't you just accept? Well, why can't they just accept us being equal, Charlton? I, I, I love that the stance for e equality and and that that push for it. I, I think about growing up again because, and I don't know if it's the same way now or not, but I think about the, the time when I was a young boy and I was born in Jim Crow but my parents never acted like we were in Jim Crow because they told us we could do anything that anyone else could do and oftentimes could do it better and I think our show shows that to this day there are not too many black American men and women that have gotten where they are today with society wanting them to succeed oftentimes we did it having to swim against the current whether there was housing discrimination with the redlining, whether the gerrymandering that we still see in 2018, where they're trying to redistrict people so they can't get a lot of black people voting for any political party. We've seen that so many times. And even though we've seen it, we still have our freedoms. We don't have to march for civil rights anymore. We have it, even though there's rights, there's things going on now that are more nefarious that try to take away the vote, even though we have civil rights, Big C. Give me your feeling on Dr. King, how he had to be prescient enough to see, to see the things that we were going through, but he never had that Jim Crow mentality that even, it's, it's sad to say, but some people today still have that Jim Crow mentality, and let's not make any noise, you know, let's not tell people who are bigots that they're bigots, let's not slam POTUS for being a bigot or a sexist or misogynistic, no, you gotta slam people for doing that. Why does the Jim Crow attitude still exist today in some people, and Dr. King was swimming in Jim Crow and still didn't accept it, your thoughts. Well, Charlton, he was born into that impoverished society when you think about it. He was born in Atlanta, Georgia. Yeah. But he left Atlanta, Charlton, to go to school in Boston. And he had an opportunity to see a different way of life. That if you could uh, ascend yourself up, Charlton, educationally, that you should have more opportunities in life. That's right. And he knew that being from the South, Charlton, that every opportunity that was given to a black person was also taken away from a black person. Because of the color barrier line, Charlton, you had the separation, the black and white in the South. There, there was more integrated up North, Charlton, where he went to college. And he was able to bring that education back to the South, Charlton. Yes. And see that he had an opportunity to make a change, Charlton, because there was such religious belief in his family from his father, who was a minister, Charlton, to bring them up, to care about others. And he took that education that he had achieved, Charlton, in the Northeast, and brought it back to show how he could take that and implement that, Charlton, to create opportunity for the people 
that look like him. Yes. Just like white people create opportunities for people that look like them. Yeah. Dr. King wanted to create opportunities for people that look like him, Charlton. Could you imagine? In a nonviolent posture, a which non is what he preached. That's because what he, preached. he grew up, Charlton, witnessing violence against black people all the time. Yeah. And he knew if he did not offer a resistance, Charlton, that no one could label the black people any longer as being violent. Yep. And they, he preached nonviolence. And so that society could actually see where the violent part of the sector came from. Is that it was from white America, Charlton. And, and it takes that to change it. And, I, and I'm glad that he was bold enough because Dr. King was bold enough to call it what it was back then. And today in our political do everything right, euphemistic speaking, we want everyone to just pretend that it doesn't exist. It always, if it exists, it exists. I wonder what he would think about today's White House. When you look at how what Donald Trump has done since being given the election with the help of however he got in, how he, I just think about Dr. King. Dr. King fought for something and it seems like from the optics, POTUS has made everything white again. Except for Ben Carson who's a neurosurgeon and now he's part of HUD housing. I don't understand how that, you know, applies. But what would he think today with all the grabbing women by the crotch part that we hear about? We know the Hoover Commission was after Martin Luther King for whatever he did in his private life that JFK was also doing in his private life. And I just wonder your thoughts. And we don't know. We, we're not mind readers. But what are your feeling he would have to say to POTUS when it talks about building a wall to, to discriminate against brown skinned people and the, the Muslim ban that we've had already in this country? And this this rise, this rebirth of this neo-Nazi mentality that's had more hate crimes on the POTUS administration than we've ever had. Big C, your thoughts? Well, Charlton, if Dr. King had lived, he would be 90 years old today. Yeah. And I, I think that black society would be much different because we would have more inclusiveness, Charlton, yeah. from a black society. We would have more respect for ourselves. You think about all the things that he fought for and galvanizing black society, Charlton, to get them out to vote. He was a leader, Charlton, in the Voting Rights Act. He yep. wasn't just Lyndon Johnson by himself. Dr. King really pushed for that. Right. You think about the marches that he had to get blacks registered to vote in Selma and Montgomery, yes. as well as other major southern cities, Charlton. He was the driving force. He was the engine, Charlton, behind a lot of that. You think about black participation in voting, Charlton, where it would be today yes. versus where it was then. If he had have lived, Charlton, wow. that he would have driven people to the to the to the polls, Charlton. We would have a lot more black politicians today than what we have if he had lived. Donald Trump may not have been president today, Charlton, if Martin Luther King had a lived. Yeah. Think about the influence of black society in the political arena, Charlton, where it would be. Yeah. A lot of blacks stepped back, Charlton, after his death. Because they were worried about their own lives. The intimidation. And yeah. many blacks had lost their lives prior to him, Charlton, and even after him. They were pursuing the political arena. Because it was a white country club. We only want people in there that look like us. That was white society, Charlton. Yeah. And yeah. so everything was done. When we think about the voting rights acts and voting suppression that goes on today, Charlton, where they're pushing black voters off the ballot you know they, they, they're taking them off the roll saying well they're registered illegally they're coming up with all type of buffoonery Charlton. right those things would not be occurring today Charlton if many of our black leaders had not been assassinated yep but it created fear Charlton 
And so that's what happens, and this is the reason why we have the mantra that's coming out of the White House today. Yes. Someone who is speaking against people of color. Yeah. Regardless of their nationality, they speak people of color. But yet you'll say neo-Nazi skinheads and white supremacists are good people. Well, I, I know that in order for anything to change, I was emboldened by hearing Dr. King's speech because I'd never seen, I mean, I've saw, you know, Farrakhan, obviously, Malcolm X growing up, and then in the in the sports world, you saw Muhammad Ali, you saw a lot of people, and then my parents were never, not afraid to speak about truth, and I know that even for white society, it was Jewish Americans that started the NAACP in 1909, and they've fought for that equality for for all people so I just I hope that all Americans can do our own part today no matter whether it's painful or not just walk a mile in another man's shoes especially if you call yourself a Christian you gotta reach out for other people you don't have to but that's the Christian thing to do and your thoughts too, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. his life had a systemic impact on race relations in the United States think about his own children and how they were growing up seeing it firsthand I think about how America has honored Dr. King in his era, his life's work. He's been honored with the national holidays, schools, public buildings named after him, the Memorial Independence Mall in, in Washington, D.C. There's so much more that we still got to keep doing to push forward. And we can't assume that every young person knows what struggle he had to go through because they never lived it in the era of video games and, and everything on your cell phone now, Big So Your thoughts? Well, Charlton, it, it would be great if society could pick up on what Dr. King was striving for, Charles, especially African-American society. Yeah. When, when we, we, you know, we, we spent a couple days talking about the, the late rapper Nipsey Hussle, Charles, yeah. in, in Los Angeles. Yes. Being gunned down by another African-American, Charles. Yep. And just months before in, in Sacramento, where you are, Charlton, we talked about the, the rallies and marches, Charlton. Stephon Clark, yeah over Stephon Clark being shot by police committing violent crimes, Charlton. Yeah. So the, the difference of how black society looks at death, Charlton, that, that somebody who is doing well within the community, Charlton, and helping out other blacks in the community loses his life from a criminal, Charlton. Yeah. There's no real outcry yep. for justice. <laughs> you know, no, nobody's crying for... Dipsy Hustle, Charlton, the, the rapper. There's no march going on in Los Angeles. No, not at all. Dipsy Hustle was not committing a crime, Charlton. Yeah. He was committing He was committing opportunity for other minorities, Charlton. Yeah. That's, that's what he was committing. Yeah. He was committing job training, Charlton. He was committing jobs, Charlton. Yeah. He was committing money back into the community's infrastructure. That's what he was guilty of, Charlton. You know, helping out other blacks. Yeah, but and, Stephon Clark was not Charlton. No, he was not helping out people. No, he was not putting something back into the community. He was trying to enrich his pocket through vandalism and crime. Yeah, and he lost his life behind it, Charlton. Yeah, and I and I. But think, black yeah. society felt that that was unjust, Charlton. That what he was doing was justified. That that's the, the problem that I have. When a black person is committing a crime. And, and, and black society will say, well, that's justified. He has the right to commit that crime no, and live, you know. But a guy who is not committing crime, Charlton, who has turned his life around, who is giving to others, and he loses his life, Charlton, from a criminal on the street, and there's no outcry from the black community. No marches? That's not what Dr. King stood for, Charlton. Right, I agree. No, no marches, none of that. And, 
And again, our thoughts and prayers go out to anyone and their families that ends tragically over the actions of one person. I, I want to bring up something because even our lives are affected by the late Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. in the world of sports broadcasting. I, I was looking and just following a lot of the black men who've been given the opportunity to show their talent in the sports world, whether it's politics, whether it's in the business sector and banking and, and insurance and, and, and investments. Well, there's a, I want to just say his name, Stephen A. Smith, obviously one of the talented people in our business. I guess projected to sign a $10 million contract as a, as a sports guy. Now, I contrast that to Dr. King. Had Dr. King not fought for opportunity, that money would not even be in the realm of possibility. You have a black man sign, about to sign a $10 million contract for what he does in the sports business. Now, you know mainstream will hate that. They'll sign a white broadcaster to more money than that shortly after. That's just the way it goes in business. But even looking at our own show, we're heard all over the world, Big C Sports. No matter what people say, you don't have to have everybody like what you do. But like Dr. King, just keep doing your dream. If you have a dream, go after it. Don't worry about what people think. I even heard, you know, Stephen S. Smith making some comments over the years how a lot of people don't like him. Who cares what people like? If the money's $10 million, they don't make that kind of money. But he's getting it because he has this, this skill. And whatever we're doing in our business, people don't always have to like it. But give me your feeling, if Dr. King ever saw this, we're a big C sports heart all over the world, in fact, all over the universe. And then you have some of the top broadcasters all over this country that make seven-figure incomes. That's in the face of people saying, well, we don't really like what you say, or we don't like your attitude, or we... Who cares what people like, Bixie? Keep following your dream, your thoughts. Well, the reason why people don't like what he says, Charlton, because they've tuned in. Yeah. You know, it, it's almost like the president saying, uh, you know, the fake news, the fake media. Yeah. But he spends more time watching CNN than he does watching Fox because yeah. he wants to know what the other opinion is of him, Charlton. Yeah. And, and when you look at Stephen A. rising to the pinnacle where he has gone to, Charlton, that opportunity was, was laid down decades ago, Charlton, yeah. before he was born. Yeah. But he's been able to benefit from that, Charlton. And, and when we talk about a, a broadcaster of African-American descent, Charlton, making yeah. $10 million, yeah. you'll get a lot of backlash in the media from that. Yeah. But no one was crying when Tony Romo demanded $10 million two weeks ago from CBS. Yeah. You know, and he's going to get it. You know, no one said, well, you know, that's, that's bad. He's overpaid or whatever. He will get the money, Charlton, because yeah. he's a white guy demanding it. Yeah. You know, at least an African-American can get, can get it offered to him. Yeah. And so, you know, for Stephen A. and all the other African-Americans out there, Charlton, that have been fortunate enough to be in the broadcast realm, I congratulate you for yeah. doing that. Yeah. You know, because you are a trailblazer. You lead the way for the rest of us, Charlton, to ride on your coattail, just like Dr. King did. Yeah. Dr. King was involved in sports, Charlton, during the 68 Olympics. He called for a boycott from the African-American athletes because he recognized the power that sports had, Charlton, from the black athletes in America at that time. Yep. Black athletes, whether they were on the college level or on the professional level, Charlton, in 1968, were still the dominant athletes in this country. Yes. And, and several of them did boycott. Yes. Luau Cinder boycotted the Olympics. And he was a follower of Dr. King. Yes. He did not participate, Charlton. Yeah. There were many other athletes and uh, John Carlos and Tommy Smith, Charlton, held up the black power sign yes. in recognition of Dr. King, Charlton. So black athletes had political awareness even in 1968 
that led to where black athletes and broadcasters have ascended to now, Charlton, to make these seven and eight figure uh, contracts. Yeah, and I, all yeah. of that, Charlton, was made possible by the push of Dr. King. Also, yep, I agree, and and I and I love it where, you know, it's not where you start is where you finish It's where you're going, and and even just to say that even our program on the on the biggest network in the United States of America, and even. I mean, it's a sad dog that won't wag his own tail. Don't worry about the haters. There will always be people that hate what you say. Even, and America may not know this, when Dr. King gave his I Have a Dream speech, JFK had ordered the, there were some some security people that were ready to cut the mic to do whatever they thought was going to happen because such a powerful black man was speaking to the universe about righteousness in the world where they were swimming against the current of justice. And so that current, not only has it carried, you know, Stephen A. Smith, and I hope he gets that $10 million. I hope Big C Sports gets that $10 million. I hope the next young black advocate, or person who speaks the truth, broadcaster, actor, I hope they get the $10 million. Because I still think no matter what happens, when you see your platform being shown all over the world and heard all over the world, I still think back to the days my parents told me you could do anything you want to do even though they had colored drinking fountains, they had white drinking fountains, white restrooms, colored restrooms. There were sports guys like the late Dean Smith, North Carolina basketball coach, would not allow his team to stay at some places because they would not let the young black boy stay. As a white man, he could have said, well, I don't want to make any noise, I don't want to cause any problems, but no, he said if they can't stay, Nobody stand, Big C. We need more white men to do that and stop hiding behind this garbage that POTUS has become, Big C. Your thoughts? Well, Charlton, that's the callousness of white society is that they don't want to upset him because they figured that it would cost them a political position. And you think about that. You go to Washington, D.C., Charlton, to represent everybody. Yeah. Not just yourself. Yeah. But you have politicians scared of losing a political position to not speak against what's wrong in, in, in our politics, Charlton. Yeah. That they feel that that money that they get from their, their uh, tax that pays them, Charlton, yeah. they're no longer going to have. Yep. And they will let America suffer behind that, Charlton. And when you suffer politically, Charlton, you, so, you suffer economically, yeah. socially. Yeah. This country can never be mended as long as we have this divisiveness. Yeah, we got we to gotta change it. I, I want to just throw my political thoughts on something. You know, and I don't I don't know Joe Biden, but a Joe Biden reminds me of the kind of person when I was growing up, coaches would put their arm around your shoulder and tell you good job. Sometimes you even get a pat on the back side and saying good job or a bad job. Now I don't know and I can't defend any man where I'm not there. But I heard POTUS make fun of Joe Biden just I think it was Tuesday in saying that if he's gonna he wants to give somebody a hug because I want you to know how I feel about you. We know a lot of grandparents used to hug the grandchildren just to say, I love you. Put your hand on their shoulder to say, I love you. Not to be stoic and not touch them. Does POTUS recognize what he was caught saying on that tape about grabbing women by their private sparks? And I would hope that Joe Biden, don't play, you know, don't play the nice guy. Come out, remind people when POTUS is saying that you're, that you should be, you know, not running for office because some women coming out and complaining. If, if it happened, complain. But in no way did it stop POTUS from getting votes. I just hope that, and I'm not speaking for Joe Biden, but I don't want him to be the nice guy. Come out and fight back. Does that make any sense, your thoughts? Well, Charlton, I'm looking at the Republican Party, not Joe Biden. I'm looking at the Republican Party. Is that anybody in the Republican Party to have the gall to come out and blast 
Joe Biden, just like they did Al Franken and other Democrats, Charlton, that lost their positions in Congress, yeah. and not speak out against the president who's had over a dozen lawsuits from women alleging sexual abuse by him, yeah. as well as the two women that he's allegedly paid over $130,000, Charlton, yeah. for sexual interludes with them, yeah. as well as all these others that he talked about how he grabbed them and abused them because he was a celebrity. Yeah. So yep. the, the Republican Party has no legs to stand on, Charlton, when they talk about the abuse of women because they're led by an abuser. Yeah, yeah, and they and they pat him on the back. So Joe Biden, I'm not telling people who to vote for, but I was taught when you the way you stop a bully is you stand up to them. You don't tuck your head between your tail and walk away as if that's how it keeps happening. Last thing about Dr. King, I mean, I'm so grateful that Dr. King did what he did. That's why we're able to do the Big C Sports Show. Don't worry about who likes you. Most people, you know who's on your side and who's not. You know who's helping you do things in life. You know who's not. Don't worry about what people think. Dr. King, he played sports as a sibling. He and his siblings. And he's football and, and baseball back in the day. But he also, again, his affinity for athletes. And we come out of that genre also as intelligent, erudite, well-read men who happen to be very good at sports and what we do. And enunciating our sports all over the world. I just want to encourage the next young kid, keep the dream of Dr. King alive. If you have a dream, speak it. Don't let people put a muzzle on your dreams because you're saying things that may not be very pleasing to their ears. I just think that's important. And Big C, last thought on this. What advice would you tell young people when we tell them to speak up and be what you want to be? Dr. King had a dream. What advice do you tell young people of all colors, Big C, your thoughts? What I tell every young person I ever see, Charlton, Get an education. Yeah. Once you're educated, you have the knowledge to understand. Yeah. Without an education, you don't have. And so you all of a sudden now you become animalistic, Charles. Yeah. You don't know how to survive in situations. So you go to the basic survival instincts, Charles. Get an education so when you're in an environment... You can be accepted in that environment. You know how to adjust in that environment, Charlton. Yep. You're not left behind. I, I agree with that wholeheartedly. And I hope that every young person, men and women, black and white, doesn't matter what color you are, just do the right thing. If we can do the right thing and shout down bullies, then we have a chance. But if everybody's passive until the bully comes to you or your kids, then it's hard to fix that. I want to say sports is a billion-dollar industry, and boys and girls sports is a foundation to this billion-dollar industry. For every athletic and sporting event, you need athletic and event insurance. We work with Ben and Mark. They've been around half a century. They work with Big C Sports. Whether you're a pro team, a collegiate team, a high school team, or your mom-and-pop soccer league, when you reach out to them, let them know that Big C sent you. So, Big C, in the world of the sports business, I love this NBA time of year. It's, it's like we're already in the playoffs. I was surprised to see how Houston took care of the Clippers so easily in Los Angeles last night. And I know there are a lot of people, and I'm included. I love seeing James Harden play. But he does get away with a lot of stuff because just like Larry Bird told an official back at Madison Square Garden back in the day, do you think the officials came to see you call fouls or see me drop 30 points? Big C, your thoughts. Well, Tom, James Harden gets the treatment of all superstars in the NBA. We, we, we see James Harden do step back, take a couple steps, okay? Yep, yep. Go to the basket as a superstar in the NBA, and you're, you're always allowed four steps, John. Yeah. So what James Harden is getting is called preferential treatment. You know, w w as the media is crying about how James Harden is, is treated by the officials, 
What rich person in America doesn't get preferential treatment? <laughs> yep. What rich white American doesn't get preferential treatment? They get the best seats on the airlines. They yep. get the best tables at the restaurants. They drive the best cars. They live in the best and most affluent neighborhoods. Yeah. So rich black NBA players, Charlton, get preferential treatment. Yeah. This is what they get. They get what white society gets. And I don't know why people want to draw a contrast to that. Because those sports broadcasters, Charlton, are all talking about that. Yeah. You think they wait in line at a restaurant when they show up because somebody's seen them on the air <laughs> and know who paid? they are? <laughs> all right. You think yeah. they don't get upgrades at an air, airport, Charlton? Yeah. Because, you know, some gate agent or some ticket hey, agent knows who, who they are, Charlton? Yep. <laughs> they get preferential treatment, Charlton. Yeah. So when you're talking about James Harden getting his preferential treatment, LeBron James, if you sneeze around him, you, you got you got called yeah. with a foul. And Jordan, if you got off the same bus or walked in the same door with him, yeah. you got called with a foul. Yeah, so this yeah. is nothing new, Charlton, about athletes and professional athletes. You know, when you get a broadcaster saying that James Harden is taking advantage of the NBA, no, he's not. He's taking advantage of the situation. And, and Adam Silver understands that, Charlton. Yes. Adam Silver understands what put butts in the seat. Yeah. And that's having guys breaking records. Yeah. Being on record chases, Charlton. Not a guy being shut down night after night. I, I agree, and we've all seen that. I, I think Patrick Ewing never saw. He should have got a, a, you know how you get, when you fly a lot, you get those frequent flyer miles. Patrick Ewing was James Harden before James Harden. He always took four or five steps to the basket, big for your thoughts. Well, Charlton, I, I've seen decades of superstars do this, yep. Charlton. Yep. That, that travel, that double dribble, all kind of things, Charlton. So because the media is everywhere now, yes. and, and, and broadcasters just like us, we all want to be noticed above the next guy, Charlton. Yes. But when you use the national airways, Charlton, to constantly jump up there and say, hey, you know, this guy is a mockery against the game. It's like... The, the thing, the, the one that I hate the most, Charlton, is baseball. Why when they that? talk about the unwritten rules of baseball, is that you know if you hit a guy, that you got to retaliate and hit a guy back. If you mock a pitcher on hitting a home run, then you got to be beamed the next time at bat. There's no unwritten rules, Charlton. <laughs> yeah, that, that's just cowardness, Charlton. Yeah. If your ego hurts you so much right. that you gave up a home run and the guy sit there and stared at it. I mean, <laughs> why yeah. not gaze at something great and spectacular? Yeah, yeah I, I think that's great. What's the movie, Major League? It had uh, Charlie Sheen and then a, a couple of other well-known you know, known actors. I thought that was that was a movie that made you laugh about baseball and, and also there was one where there's no, no crying in baseball. We've heard that too. And, and there's just a lot of people that have their own opinions. But an unwritten rule is an oxymoron. If it's a rule, it has to be written. If not, it's just a guess. The media, and you know New York is the Big Apple, but what has come out of New York that's great lately? I mean, outside of the Yankees, are there any... There hasn't been a jab zip for the Knicks since the back in the 70s. You haven't had one for the Brooklyn Nets. The Mets, we know they had a, a, a some long time ago before their glory. Anything out of New York good? And, and the talk about Durant wanting to go there, What for what purpose, Big are your thoughts? Well, you know, I, the, the media's been on this bandwagon, Charlton, all year long that they're going to tell this black athlete where he has to go play because it's going to make him great and that the city of Oakland doesn't embrace him because Stephon Curry is there. Black athletes embrace black athletes, Charlton. Yeah. That, that's what they do. 
you know, when when he went to Golden State, Charlton, the move to Golden State was long before the season was over. He was going to go because he wanted to win. Yeah. And if you don't leave a situation, Charlton, where you're losing, go to a winner and say, okay, I don't like winning. Right. I haven't seen any athlete to ever say, I don't like winning. Right. <laughs> now, if, if white media was intelligent as they say that they are, all they have to do is look at the roadmap of one LeBron James. Yes. LeBron James left Cleveland, went to Miami, that won, okay? Yep. Went back to Cleveland. He said, I'm going to Cleveland because I have unfinished business. But he grew up in Cleveland, Johnson. Yes. So he could not lose going back to Cleveland. Fortunately enough, Adam Silver helped him win a championship, Johnson. Okay? Yeah, he did that. So he got his championship. But well, LeBron James and KD are saying in, in many ways, Johnson, they like to win. Yes. Okay? LeBron James went to Los Angeles on business. He's already won, Charlton. Yeah. KD is not going to go to New York for business. Everybody said, well, you know, if he wants to be a business mogul like LeBron, then the only place left is New York because LeBron has L.A. and Steph Curry has Oakland. Yeah. KD has Silicon Valley, Charlton. Yep. <laughs> Silicon Valley yeah. is bigger than New York. I don't know what the, the, the broadcast world thinks about, Charlton. Yeah. Silicon Valley is technology. Yeah. It reaches the world. New York just reaches New York, Charlton. Yeah. There's more, there's more tentacles leaving out of Silicon Valley than there are in New York right now. There's... If you want to be on a big billboard, that's all that satisfies you, Charlton, being on a big billboard. Yes. But if you're Kevin Durant and you're in Golden State, Charlton, you have an opportunity right now to do something that so few players have done. Yeah. And, and to win a third consecutive NBA title, Charlton? Yeah. You think about the rarefied air that puts him in. Not only to win a, a third NBA title, but think about it. Michael Jordan won three titles at Chicago Stadium. Yes. He won three titles at the United Center. That's right. But after he only won three at each one of those venues, Charlton. Yeah. Kevin Durant can win three at Oracle and now move over to the Chase Center Center in San Francisco and start a new legacy if he can get four over there, Charlton. He would be the first player since Bill Russell to win four consecutive titles. So so when when the media is out there telling you, no, he has to be at Madison Square Garden, he's getting the things that he wants in Oakland. The owners of the Warriors, Charlton, don't mind paying the luxury tax for titles. Oh, no. What did your friend Jerry Jones down in Dallas say, <laughs> Cowboys owner, that he pay any kind of money for another yeah. Super Bowl trophy? <laughs> yeah. So this is, the, this is the ego of the owners, yes. not the players. The owners will pay any kind of money that they can to get a, a championship trophy. Yes. George Steinbrenner said the precedence of that with the Yankees, when he owned the Yankees during his lifetime, Charlton. Yep. He always was over the cap, Charlton, and always getting fined. Well, but he was also hosting the World Series trophies, Charlton. That's true. And that, you, that's what he did. And you think that the owners of the Warriors are not inclined to want to do that? And think about this. White media, please help me out. Well, that same media was Look saying... Look at the that, owner of, yeah. the, of the Knicks, James Dolan. Dolan. Yeah. How's he treated black people in New York thus far in the past couple of years? Had him thrown out of his arena. I tell you what, Big C, if you are Durant, he can go where he wants to go. But who would not want to go to a brand new arena with the hottest team in the league over the last four or five years to go to a place where they haven't won in decades 
and the ownership is horrible. So whether he goes there or not, a lot of people said that Paul George would be in L.A. They also said that even Carmelo Anthony would go to L.A. They said that that Davis, Anthony Davis would go to L.A. They were all wrong. The one that went to L.A. was LeBron. So no matter where he goes, you have another chance to win another championship in Oakland. You don't have that in New York. And plus the Yankees, If even if you like the Knicks, aren't the Yankees, they're the prodigal children of New York City, Big C, your thoughts? You got the, the, the teams in New York, Charleston, are the Yankees, number one. Giants, number two. The Knicks are irrelevant. The, the, the Mets are irrelevant, Charleston. Yeah, yeah. You know, so the Jets are irrelevant. You know, you know the, the Jets, you ever realize what the Jets, what that stands for? What's that? <laughs> just end the season. <laughs> That's what the moniker of their name is. J-E-T-S, just just, 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 yep. <laughs> you know, so, I, like, I like that one. <laughs> so, so why do you want to go this Well, he would be the star in town. <laughs> yep. I mean, LeBron went to Los Angeles, Charlton, and, and he was labeled, what, the greatest player in the universe? Yeah, yeah. And, and what did the Lakers do? When you take the greatest player in the universe, Charlton, and you put him with a bunch of fans and yeah. also ran, they start watching. you still can't win. Yeah. You're still the greatest player, but you don't have a team. Yep, that's, that's so true. I, I don't want to see him go to to New York because I like being close to the NBA championship teams that you have in Golden State. If, if we look at another, you know, think about championships at the college level. Each team, each team playing in the men's tournament per game, you know, they'll make $290,000 per game, Big C. For the conference, that money is paid out for six years. If they play in the championship, they receive $1.79 million for the tournament. So we're looking at Texas Tech, we're looking at Virginia, looking at Michigan State, and, and, and then... You think of Auburn, which is known as a football power. That's a lot of money for some schools, but something is absent. We didn't say the players get the money, Big C. Your thoughts? Well, Charlton, the players receive no dimes out of that whatsoever. But they drop a lot of dimes, but they receive no dimes. <laughs> yeah, they drop in okay. dimes. <laughs> yeah. But, but, but when you think about that, Charlton, yes. that you look at the conferences, the, the, the big conferences, Charlton, the ACC, the SEC, the Big Ten, the Big 12 that had multiple teams, Charlton, in the NCAA tournament. Yes. And each game that one of their participating universities play in, Charlton, that conference received $290,000 for that game. Wow. For six years. That's nice. So you think about all the conferences, and you have four conferences represented, Charlton, in the Final Four. Yeah. Each one of those conferences, Charlton, the minimum that they'll receive, the two teams that will lose on Saturday, Charlton, those conferences will receive that $1.5 million, Charlton, yes. for six years from that game alone, plus the other games that they played in the other four games to get to that fifth game, Charlton. Yep. And then the national ch- championship game, Charlton, $1.79 million, Yes. They're going to receive that for six years, plus the five games they got prior to getting to the national championship game, Charlton. And every team within their conference, they're going to get money for six years from the NCAA. This is the reason why they don't like to let the mid-majors in, Charlton. Yes. Because it creates equality from the smaller conference, and, the, and this is why they said you got to have a play-in. No, no. And, and, and I never understood the thing, Charlton. They said, well, we're going to have the 64 best team. Yeah. Well, <laughs> only one of the 64 is the best team, Charlton. Yeah. <laughs> Let's be realistic about that. Yes. You want to put the most economical base into the tournament. The conferences... This is why you have the Power Five conferences, Jonathan. Yeah. And four of the Power Five are playing in the, the national championship 
Final Four in Minneapolis. Yeah. This is the reason why you stay the Power Five, Jonathan, because you, you think about whoever wins the national championship, Jonathan, and, and whoever had the most teams, and I, I believe the ACC had the most teams in because they had the, the top, uh, they had three number one teams, Jonathan. Yeah, yep. Those two, the ACC, Jonathan, from this tournament will make about $35 million. That's a lot of money. $35 million, the ACC will. The SEC will be second in line, sitting around 29 to $30 million, Charlton, yeah. as far as participation in this tournament. So when you think about they want equality and fairness, Charlton, yeah. in helping out universities, they don't, Charlton. They keep the elite elite. You remember about a month ago when I informed you that the SEC, after the bowl season was over, yep. that they totaled up $43 million each conference team, Charlton, 16 yeah. teams received $43 million each from television revenue yeah. and bowl revenue, Charlton. So you don't see these small mid-majors, Charlton, getting into these big bowl games or into the NCAA tournament. No, you won't. You won't see it. And no matter who wins, if the the Cinderella, if there's a Cinderella story, it won't be Virginia because they're, the, they're in the best conference in the ACC. It won't be Michigan State. They're also in a tough conference in the in the Big Ten. It comes down to Auburn or Texas Tech because both of those programs, they haven't been there before. I think it would mean more to Texas Tech that doesn't really win anything. They don't win in the Big 12. They never won a championship, not that I recall. If, whether it's football or even basketball, you have to go back a long time. That really would be the Cinderella story. And the fact that they have the best defense in the NCAA this year, that would be in line with defense winning championships. We say that for football. You think they have what it takes to overcome a Michigan State or or even a Virginia, who seems to be the favorite for most people? I'm mostly leaning toward Michigan State. But give me your thoughts. Do you think Texas Tech would be the most Cinderella story? Your thoughts, Big C? Well, Charlton, if it comes down between the players, you know, Auburn and Texas Tech have the best you know, players, from my perspective, I, I like the speed of Auburn. I like the defense uh, of Texas Tech. Yeah. Both of those stories, Charlton, are feel-good stories when it comes to winning a championship. Yeah. And, and But we all know in sports nowadays, Charlton, it's about marketing. Yes. Where will the most revenue come from? I mean, yes, Texas would create a lot of revenue. Yeah. But would there be any revenue in Alabama? Would, would anybody care outside the state of Alabama if Auburn won the national championship. Wow. I mean, that's what you have to look at. Yeah. And Virginia, where it's located, I mean, they, they've been to the tournament, but they've never won it. Yeah. Michigan State carries the most mantra as far as leniency, you know, in the tournament, Charlton, their, their legacy winning multiple titles. But yeah. I do like Texas Tech as far as a fanfare from my perspective. Yeah. Because this is like the little engine that could. Yep. Yep. That's true, Big C. And I, I would love to see... I just want to see good basketball no matter who wins. The West Coast is not in it. I want to dribble across the other side. Are they ever in it? Well, yeah, we go back. UCLA, <laughs> they won more championships than anybody under the great look, job. Look, 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 look. <laughs> hey, if the dog had to stop to uh, look around the tree, he would have caught the rabbit too. Oh, he okay. the, hey, there's a commercial that I saw. There was a rabbit being chased by a dog on the sofa in somebody's house. Could you imagine how how scared that rabbit must have been if a dog got a hold of it? Big C, that make any sense to you? Your thoughts? And Michael Vick was going, get him, get him, dog, get him, Big C. Notre Dame's women's basketball coach, Muffet McGraw, in her press conference, she said she'd like to see more women. Now, this might raise some red flags for some men. 
but she wants to see more women get opportunities in men basketball coaching. When you look at men's basketball coaches, 99% of the jobs that go to men. McGraw said, why shouldn't you know 100% or 99% of the jobs go to women in women's basketball? But even with that said, when I look at their, their athletes, when we do see the coaching get the jobs, I think in men's basketball, majority are Caucasian men. Division one football, I think there's only nine or 10, maybe 12 African-American head coaching positions. So even when her, with her statements, is she pushing for equality for all people, especially half of the women on her team are African-American, or is it just more jobs for white women who never had to fight for civil rights? Big C, your thoughts? Well, Charlton, she spoke for equality when, when you think about the statement that she made. You know, that it, it, white men hire men that look like them. That's yeah. what she was saying, and yeah. she made that statement. Yeah. She said white men, whether it's in corporate America or in the athletic world, white men hire people who look like them. And so she spoke about all sporting ranks, Charlton, yeah. whether you're talking about football, basketball, baseball, soccer, track and field. You swimming. Yeah. You hire people that look like you when you're making the hiring decision. Yeah. On the corporate level, Charlton, they do the same thing. And what she was implementing, Charlton, it, it applies to black coaches also. Yeah. She was saying that men's programs hire men coaches. Yeah. Even though women coaches may be more qualified, Charlton, they still will hire a man because he looks like him. Yeah. And so why should women programs be forced to hire men, Charlton, when there are all these women out there, just like black coaches, Charlton, yes. black assistants trying to get head coaching jobs, they don't look like the athletic directors, Charlton. Yeah. They, they don't look like the, the, the board of directors at the university, Charlton. And, and so they don't get the job. Yeah. And so that's what Russell was saying. She said it about women, but women are included in minority, Charlton. Yeah. Well, minorities don't get the opportunity, and, and I appreciate what you said. And there was a lot of backlash came from the media, white media, yeah. towards her today and saying this. Right. Stuff. How dare how she? Dare this? And, and yeah. then basically, I thought what, what I was going to say, how dare this boss for saying that? You know, yeah. you know, don't she realize how lucky she is that we let her coach? Yeah. You know, but you know, she's been very successful, Charlton. Yeah. She, she was a protege of, of the late uh, Pat Summit from Tennessee, Charlton. Yeah. And so she understands how difficult it is, Charlton. And when you look at the coaching ranks, even on the women's side, Charlton, half of those jobs are filled by men. Yeah. And, and what McNeil was saying, Charlton, is like, look, women have the knowledge yes. and the ability yep. to have the insight with another woman, Charlton. Yeah. So why, if they didn't, why do all these men have assisted women coaches, Charlton? That's true. And they're not men coaches. Yep. Because they can't identify with that woman, Charlton. And so I, I, I'm 100% behind her. Yeah. Women should control the minority in women's college sports, Charlton, yes, as well as more African-American Charlton should get opportunity. I believe that opportunity. But you believe on this date in sports is 1983, North Carolina State. They upset Houston for the NCAA basketball title. I think it was Lorenzo Charles who put in a missed shot by Derek Wittenberg in the last second to upset the Houston Cougars. That's the great Jimmy V. When he ran around the court and he was just all out of his mind, excited and happy about what had happened. He couldn't find anyone to hug, though, Big C. He was, like, hugging thin air, Big C. Your thoughts? <laughs> well, you know, when you don't expect to win, no one is setting up anything twice, yeah. Charlton. Yeah. And, you know, and, and five slamma jamma was one of the greatest basketball teams, Charlton, uh, of the 80s. I yeah. mean, it, it was a high-wire act, Charlton. 
that everybody enjoyed watching. And, and matter of fact, they, they figured it was a far gone con- conclusion yep. when the game tipped off because the the, the, the sem- semifinal game, Charlton, was one of the greatest games uh, of the tournament, and Houston just ran away with it. Yeah, and no one gave North Carolina State any chance other than the coach and the players. Yeah, I thought that was a great. I still remember that out of all the national championship games, I still remember. For me. It was Patrick Ewing when he was knocking all those, he was swatting so many passes when they were playing North Carolina. That's what reminds me about him. But as a team, it was the great Jimmy Valvano when he was running across the court. Would you believe in this year's NFL draft, the hot topic at quarterback is being Kyler Murray out of Oklahoma and Dwayne Hoskins out of Ohio State. Two African-American quarterbacks. They can change directions of the NFL franchises. But there's a third guy. He's a 6'7". Tariq Jackson out of the University of Buffalo. Now, I think about the days of Dr. King. I have a dream. He had a dream for people to pursue whatever made him happy. And I hope these men, that back when Dr. King was giving his speech, they wouldn't have had a chance to even play for these schools that they're playing for now, Big C, your thoughts. Well, Charlton, everyone is aware of Kyler Murray and Dwayne Haskins from those two prestigious Big Five universities, Charlton. Yeah. But Jackson out, out of Buffalo. Now think about the last great athlete who came out of Buffalo. Yeah. That John Gruden said couldn't play. Yep. <laughs> you know, yep. <laughs> Reed, you know, and he went on to Chicago and, and did some marvelous things. I think people might guess about who yep. he is, you yep. know, Mr. Mack, you yep. know. Yeah. Kelly O'Mack. But, you know, when I, when I look at Jackson Charlton, he's a six foot seven athlete, Charlton. Yes. And he wowed everybody at the combine. He ran a four seven forty, standing six foot seven. Wow! Now there's always been a knock on super tall quarterbacks in, in the NFL, Charlton. Your your buddy Brock Osweiler, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. in Denver, and, and Paxton Lynch, and every, although John Elway can't find a quarterback if he's standing at his front door, right? <laughs> and he might be. So, but you know, the, the, the tallest quarterback was Dan McGuire, Charlton, that ever drafted. He was six foot eight yeah. uh, out of. Uh, San Diego State drafted by the Seattle Seahawks. His brother, McGuire, played with, with the A's and the Cardinals. Yeah. Mark McGuire. Yeah. But but this is a different type of tall quarterback, Charlton, because this is an athlete. Yes. If this is a guy put into the right situation, Charlton, I, I feel that he could develop and really do some great things, especially if a cold-weather environment team picks him, Charlton. Yeah. I mean, and all this is going on in New York about who the Giants should take whether they should take Haskins or not. I don't know if they're going to take Haskins, Charlton. You because so? Do they want to see a guy come right in and everybody booing Eli Manning to have him put onto the field? They want to let Eli Manning play out the stretch. Yeah. Jackson is a guy who would fit in New York, Charlton. He's from that environment of that cold weather playing up in that Big Apple, Charlton. Yes. Haskins, I don't think he's going to go to the, to the Giants. I think they'll make a trade and send him elsewhere. But this is a guy that wouldn't be a lot of cry from the fans in New York to replace Eli, even though he's tumbling. Yes. And he would have a year to learn, Charlton, behind Eli and step into the ranks there in New York. Well, that is, we'll wait to see that because it's young men that have their lives right in front of them. I would love to see both of them get an opportunity. I know sometimes they've been much maligned, especially as African-American quarterbacks, trying to just ascend to that next level where they make the money for what they do. And, and thinking of guys who are already there, Big C, you think of Seattle Seahawks, Russell Wilson, giving the Seahawks until April 15th. That makes people think about the taxes, right? Because maybe POTUS, well, let's, <laughs> let's take a test. I, I want to challenge him. I think POTUS will, will show his tax returns before the Seahawks give Russell 
Wilson that money by April 15th. I might be losing that bet though, Big C. But they gave him, he's given him to the 15th to, to come up with a, an extension. He has one year left on his current deal. I think they should do it. He's the best quarterback out there outside of Brady because he does it, a lot of it on his own. And Pete Carroll could have two championships, but he has one. But I, I think Russell should get that money, especially if Aaron Rodgers. He's been absent from the playoffs two years. Big C, your thoughts? Well, Charleston, if you think about the highest six-speed quarterbacks in the NFL, did not make the playoffs. Aaron Rodgers is going to make $33.5 million this upcoming season, Charleston. Crazy. Hasn't been in the playoffs in the past couple of years. Matt Ryan down in um, Atlanta, yeah. you know, he's guaranteed $94.5 million on the contract that he signed last year. Wow. And he hasn't. He didn't make the playoffs. No. And, and you think about Jimmy Garoppolo out there where you are in San Francisco. He's on the hook for hundred million dollars out there in San Francisco still. Yeah. And your cousin in Minnesota got eighty four million guaranteed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, it's good when your cousin you know, gets paid though, Big Z. <laughs> you know, but so none of these guys have what Matt, uh, what Russell Wilson has. Right. Russell Wilson has two Super Bowl appearances, Charlton. Yeah. None of those quarterbacks have two Super Bowl appearances. Yeah. Only Aaron Rodgers has a title. Okay. Yeah. And that was a decade ago. But Russell Wilson went to back to back Super Bowls. And without Russell Wilson in Seattle, Charlton, what would they have? Yeah. So if this organization doesn't step up and pay Russell Wilson handsomely, yeah. guarantee him at least $95 million, Charlton, on yes. his next contract, yep. it's going to be all hell breaking loose when free agency comes, Charlton. Because he's going to be the hottest commodity to ever hit the free agent market in the NFL. Yeah. He would not last two seconds, Charlton, because the contract would be signed. Yeah especially when you look at his brethren that haven't even won a Super Bowl. But let me just pull a thought. Rodgers only been to one Super Bowl. Why? I know he's the highest paid player in the NFL. But why has he continued to keep that, that mantra of the best, most talented quarterback in the NFL? If it's based on what you've done, they can't say that. Why does he still get that thought, Big C? Well, it's the same mantra that Brett Favre had, Charlton. You were up in Green Bay, and you were in a franchise that is basically America's franchise, Green Bay, the Cheesehead. It's the only, you know, community-owned team in the NFL. It's not corporately owned or by an individual, Charlton. Yeah. And so you took over from Brett Favre, who was America's quarterback at that time, Charlton. Yeah. And you displaced him, and you went on and won a Super Bowl, Charlton. Yep. But your career has never ascended to that level again. Since that Super Bowl. Yeah. But, you know, the media always wants to hold on to a guy saying, you know, if I had one game to play, <laughs> yeah. I, I want Aaron Rodgers. He's the guy. Well, Tom Brady's the guy that keeps winning yeah, that I one game. I think Tom Brady has that already you locked know? that up. <laughs> yeah. And now that you have a wealth of young quarterbacks in the NFL, Charlton, that have catapulted above Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. People are saying, well, you know, if we don't talk about him as being the greatest, then he's going to fall off the shelf. Yeah. Even though he's never duplicated the numbers of a Drew Brees, Charlton, no. throughout his NFL career. That's right. And Drew, Drew Brees has never gotten the love. But Aaron Rodgers has the commercials. Yeah. I mean, when you look at Aaron Rodgers, he is the only quarterback in the NFL that has commercials all over the place. Yeah, he does. And, and so that's check. why he's the darling of the media because the commercials are running on the networks that they're talking about. Yeah, well, whoever gets the money, congratulations. Last last thoughts, Big C, Major League Baseball, Thursday night, April 4th. We think about the late, great Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Also in the, in the world of baseball, just a couple of, of rundowns. We have Toronto at Cleveland tonight, Cincinnati at Pittsburgh, Chicago's at Atlanta, Texas is at Los Angeles Angels, Kansas City at Detroit, Washington at New York, Seattle at Chicago, 
The New York Yankees at the Baltimore Orioles. Boston is at Oakland. And San Diego is at St. Louis. I know baseball gets more exciting after the NBA playoffs start. You know, after they wrap up and we cut down the nets for the NBA. But baseball is still a great game. I know people say it's boring, but it's something that you've just got to appreciate if you like it like fine wine. Big C, back in the day, there was a man by the name of Drew Boudini Brown. He was known as Muhammad Ali's right-hand man. He would always tell Ali, with all you got to use, how can you lose? Rumble, young man, rumble, Big C. What are you looking forward to in the sports universe? Charlton, what I'm looking forward to in the sports universe is that everybody out there who is an African-American to carry on the legacy of the late Dr. Martin Luther King. Yep. He would be 90 years old if he was still alive today, Charlton. Unfortunately, this is the day that 51 years ago he lost his life in fighting in the struggle to create equality for African-Americans of all stature, Charlton, and even those who were athletes, Charlton, and those future athletes to come, to allow them the opportunity to be looked at as equals, if not better, in their field, in their sports field. Yeah, and, and that's very true, Big C. We, we, we still wish our condolences on the King family. For everyone who has a dream, just keep dreaming. Don't worry about what people say. Keep dreaming, and when they come true, you'll know that you earned it. I want to also tell you, every Monday through Friday at 5 and 6 p.m. worldwide, follow Big C Sports on the Big C Sports Network, on the number one network in the United States of America, and Big C Sports has been voted the number one sports show in the universe, according to Big C and them good old boys down south. As we always tell you, that's never, ever an excuse for domestic violence. If you know any man or woman going through that garbage, please call 911 because no man or woman should ever have to go through that garbage on their own. And as we always tell you, on every Big C sports show, we thank you, we appreciate you, and we hope that you have a super fantastic day. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.